Bibles, Acts chapter 16. Acts 16 and 6. We've been uh, covering our lesson, Life in the Spirit. And uh, last week we talked about tuning our hearts to hear the Spirit so that we can uh, turn ordinary days into extraordinary days. And today we're going to cover a day in the life spirit-led believer day in the life so Acts 16 to 6 says now when they had gone throughout Persia and the region of Galatia they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia isn't that a funny statement that the Holy Ghost that gives you what to say also stop you from saying things sometimes it was the Holy Ghost stopped them from preaching the word in Asia. And they were come to uh, Mysia. Or after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit suffered them not. Again, the Holy Ghost stopped them from going somewhere. And they passed by Mysia and came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So we're going to talk today about a day in the life of a spirit-led believer. Let's pray for the lesson. Lord, we love you today and thank you for your word. led by the Spirit will be marked by obedience. Well, that's a tough word sometimes for folks, but a life led by the Spirit will be marked by obedience and sensitivity to the Holy Ghost no matter, somebody say it doesn't matter, no matter the direction God leads us. In other words, uh, we need to be ready to go where God says to go. And do what God says to do. And be ready uh, for things. Be ready to be obedient even if it goes against our personality or our nature. You know, because sometimes God will put you in uncomfortable places. Uh, my wife, I heard her uh, talking with my daughter about uh, a message we had heard Brother Arnold preach uh, years ago. And a statement he made, he, he said... Uh, that God is less concerned with your comfort than getting you to the place that he wants you to be. And uh, so while he is our comforter and he's the God of all comfort, uh, when it comes down to what you need in your life, he's more worried about getting you in the right place than you just sitting around being comfortable. And sometimes it's uncomfortable going into places God wants us to go. Uh, It's hard to to wait sometimes. It's hard to go sometimes. It's... uh, 
uh, we can find difficulty on each level. And uh, I, I see people struggle with that a lot. That uh, you know, God's trying to lead them into something, but I've never done that. And so I just don't know if that's what I want to do. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves arguing with God. I don't want to ever be found that. Thank God for the rain. Praise the Lord for the rain. That's the Holy Ghost rain. So what is the daily life of a spirit-led believer? When we think about people filled with the Spirit, of course, we think about miraculous acts, people doing great things, preachers and evangelists and prophets and apostles, you know, and uh, slaying giants and, you know, stopping the mouth of lions and raising the dead and healing the sick, you know doing all these things that uh, we talk about we have to ha have the Spirit to see accomplished. But what's just the daily life? Let's read the, the text that we read. Let's read the story. kind of gives a little insight of what Paul and them may have been thinking as they were getting this instruction from the Holy Ghost. It starts out saying, what to do now? What do you do on your day-to-day -day stuff? The Apostle Paul, Silas, and their traveling ministry group were trying to determine where to go next. For the last few months, they had been traveling west, revisiting churches that Paul helped start a few years before. And at their last major stop in Lystra, they added a new member to their traveling party. The young man, Timothy, seemed eager to learn and ready for anything. The only problem was, well, Paul wasn't sure where to go. They're following Paul. They were where do we go? Now that they had visited all the churches established on a previous trip, they were not ready to go back to Antioch. Now was the time to push farther west and start new churches. The obvious choice was due west, Ephesus, the chief city and capital of the province of Asia. Yet Ephesus will be, a, uh, or yes, Ephesus will be a great place to set up shop and start another church, Paul thought to himself. Yet as the group packed their belongings, something unexpected happened. Do not go to Ephesus. Don't even go through Asia, the Spirit warned Paul. What? Are you sure, Lord? You ever done that? Are you sure, Lord? <laughs> Ephesus is a huge city with many people who need, the, who need to hear the message of Jesus. Do not go through Asia. Paul discussed the matter with the group as they tried to formulate a new plan. When the group reached the area of Mysia, they felt forbidden to go any further west. Well, if we can't go to Ephesus, why not head north to Bithynia? Someone suggested, since Bithynia was another strategic region in the Roman Empire with large cities, this seemed like a, a reasonable alternative to the group. And once again, they made preparations to leave. And once again, the Spirit said, do not go to Bithynia. Now what? Paul and the group were at a total loss. They didn't want to turn around and head back to Antioch. They could not head west to Ephesus. They couldn't go north to Bithynia. The only available option seemed to split the difference and head northwest to the port city of Troas. By the time the group arrived in Troas, they were frustrated and exhausted. They had traveled over 150 miles without settling down or starting any new churches. But one night in prayer, Paul has a vision. A man in Macedonia uh, pleaded with Paul saying, please come help us. We need you here. As the vision faded, Paul immediately calls his ministry group together. Guys, I know where we're headed. Tomorrow morning we set sail for Macedonia. This is where the Lord has called us to preach next. And so 
uh, we see uh, this miraculous man, Paul. He is a looming figure in the book of Acts. We read more about him than, than anybody. His, his traveling ministry, uh, uh, the things he did, his evangelism has been an inspiration for church planners, evangelists, missionaries all over this world. And so we celebrate Paul's ministry, and often we look to him as a model to follow. Paul said, you can follow me as I follow Christ. But when he makes that statement, you have to realize what that means. He's not saying, I'm just trying uh, to be like Jesus. I'm being led of Jesus. And so if you're going to follow me as I follow him, then that means you need to do as I do. You need to follow the leading of Christ in your everyday life. Because every day wasn't a preaching day for Paul, evidently. And every day wasn't a day that while he was uh, uh, stoned and different things happened to him uh, uh, on his journeys, he, they, they were persecuting him, things like that. But he wasn't always locked up, and he wasn't always standing before kings. Some days he was just walking 150 miles trying to figure out what God wants him to do next. To think that Paul knew every second of the day what he was supposed to do is to make him uh, above any other believer in the, in the Scripture or in the world. Because even though we are uh, born again and filled with the Spirit, there are times when we don't know exactly what to do next. We're waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And so Paul, uh, as great as he is, we see now... Uh, you know, we, we talk about how he went to Ephesus and he beats these believers and gets them baptized and we talk about him going before Agrippa and all these things, but we don't talk much about him just walking 150 miles to get to Troas because it seems like a little hiccup in his ministry. You know, it's, well, ain't nothing really going on, but there is something going on. You see in his day-to-day -day life uh, that he lives his life in the Spirit listening for the direction of the Lord. This is uh, what we need to do if we're going to live for God. It can't just be about the Sunday service and the, your time behind the pulpit or your time uh, in, in services. It means what is the day-to-day -day life of the spirit-filled believer? And so if we were traveling with Paul, we'd been walking, hey, Paul, what are we going to do next? And he'd say, I don't know. I guess we're heading to Troas because we can't go to Ephesus. The Holy Ghost has said no. We can't go here because the Holy Ghost said no again. And so maybe Paul looked down sometimes and said, what are you asking me for? You got the Holy Ghost too. I'm waiting on one of y'all to tell me something. Somebody tell me something. You know, so, uh, but Paul writes about being led of the Spirit in different places in Romans. Uh, he wrote that if we're led of the Spirit, you know, we're the sons of God. And, and then in Galatians, he said, if we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. And, and so he believes in being led by the Spirit. The first lesson that we can look at here uh, is that we see what goes on before any miraculous things happens, I guess the way to put it. I'm trying to say, because see, mostly we see the finished product of things. You know, when you see, uh, like when we go to Because of the Times or some of the great places, or even on Sunday service, you see a, a man stand in the pulpit and preach a message and and you think, man, that was a great word of God. Man, that was awesome. And that's all you see. You don't see the hours that he laid on his face praying about it. You don't see him walking around in his office pulling his hair out, trying to figure which direction to go. You don't, you don't see uh, while he's, he could be working on his car, cutting grass, and the Holy Ghost is talking to him about what to preach. Because 
you don't get every message that you preach laying face down on the floor. Sometimes you get them sitting in a tree. I'm not lying because I don't forget about God when I go hunting. I don't forget about God when I'm cutting grass and when I'm sometimes just driving down the road with nothing on, no no music on, nothing. And when I, If you were to have a hidden camera in the car with me when I'm driving by myself, it's like dead quiet. You can't hear nothing but the road. I don't have music. A lot of times I don't have, I used to love music on in the car. Now I just like it quiet. Because I, I meditate on the Lord, I think. And you might hear me talk to the Lord a little bit, just asking him things and what I do. But that's my quiet time. I'm listening. So that's that's the uh, just a little glimpse into the day of the life of people who are spirit-filled. It shouldn't be just on Sunday. Okay, whew, Sunday morning, i got to get up and let me start cranking up this Holy Ghost uh, headphones so I can hear what the Spirit's trying to say. You ought to know what the Spirit's saying every day. Not just on Sunday. And so, you know, but this, in this world, we see the finished product. We don't see the day-to-day. We, we always think it's interesting to see day-to-day life. You know, you see sports people. Really, honestly, when you, you've got a favorite football player, you only ever see him wearing his pads and helmet, just about, or with the helmet on. But he's always in his uniform because you only see him on game day when you're either watching him on TV or you're at the stadium. But you don't see him. Day to day, you don't see him in the gym, or you don't see him eating his breakfast, or if you're at college, you don't see him sitting in his classroom. Some of you college students may see him, but, but you, you get you have to understand that they're not always wearing those things. They, they but they're preparing every day for that day, yeah. and so we need to be listening and preparing every day for when God says, "Hey, I need you." Yeah. So we see that seeking direction is part of a daily spirit-led life. Seeking direction, very important. Paul, you can't just take off walking and say, yeah, I'll get there somehow. You need to be led of the Spirit. And Paul knew that his primary calling was as an apostle to the Gentiles. His desire was to see new churches started across the Roman Empire. And although Paul knew that this is what God ordained him for, he still continually sought direction for where to go next. Listen, this is very important. Paul had a plan. But the plan was subject to the Spirit's leading. Paul had a plan, but he always ran his plan by God. <laughs> you know, we make plans, but we need to run those plans by God yeah. and make sure that because they thought, we'll go to Ephesus, and the Holy Ghost said, no. Or we'll go here, no. Sometimes God will tell you no. Yeah. And that's just as good as a yes because <laughs> it's an answer. You know, so daily, we need to be led by the Spirit. The Lord said when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give me what I need today to sustain me, to help me. You know, David paints a picture of the Lord as a shepherd leading him beside still waters, leading him into pastures and and taking him through the valley. He, He said, I'm always being led because... Ultimately, when we look at what we're compared to, we're sheep. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And you lead sheep. You don't drive them. You lead them. And so he's always trying to lead his people every day. Sometimes a shepherd will see one sheep. He's watching butterflies. And he's, the rest of the flock's moving on. He's like, hey, whoo, and hollers at him. He's got to lead him, get him back on course. Uh, but if that sheep ain't listening, he'll get left behind. 
And now he's got to leave the 99 and go find the one that's lost because he wasn't listening to be led. I don't want to get lost. You know, I'm glad that he's looking for me, but I'd just rather not be lost. I'm glad to know he can find me wherever I go, but I'd rather not be lost because that's a scary place to be uh, out from under the, the eye in the care of the Lord. So Paul has a plan, but it was subject to the Spirit's leading. Jesus said in John 16 and 13 that when the Spirit of truth has come, that it would guide us into all truth. That doesn't just mean for Sunday. Again, that's the day-to-day life because when the Holy Ghost moves in, it's with me every day of the week. It's there now. It lives within me. It dwells here. I need it to guide me daily. Uh, If we want to live a Spirit-led life, we must be willing to seek God's direction for our daily routine. Don't leave God out of what you do daily. Ask God's direction daily. Uh, And, you know, we expect to pray about big decisions. Should I take this job? Should I go back to school? You know, should I do this? You know, the the big things, you know, the the life-changing events, sure. But what about just the small things? I'm not saying you need to ask God which coffee you need to get at Starbucks. You know, (laughs) should I get the mocha or the pumpkin spice, Lord? What do I get? What's going to be best for me today? You know, that's not... Uh, you, you can make them silly decisions on yourself. But be uh, trusting enough of God to say, Lord, lead me in the smaller things of my life. When I go somewhere today, when I head to town today, when I get in my workplace, when I get in my school, lead me. There may be somebody that needs a, a prayer, needs a word of comfort. There may be somebody that's looking for an answer somewhere and, and uh, lead me to that person. Lead me somewhere that I can be of use. Uh, keep me away. You know, we pray in, our, in that prayer and give us our daily bread, but then he says in one place, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. So daily, Lord, lead me away from trouble because it's I'd, I'd, I'd rather pray to miss trouble than have to pray to get out of trouble right. yeah, old saying an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure I'd rather go ahead and say Lord just lead me away from trouble because yeah. I can promise you this when you make the wrong decision you, you went right past the Holy Ghost to do it because yeah. the Holy Ghost don't ever just stand by and say I'm going to watch you make a fool of yourself somehow he's trying to contact you hey no. And sometimes he'll forbid you to do something, go somewhere. And if you go ahead and do it, you, I promise you, you went right past the Lord to do it. That's just how it is. Because the Holy Ghost is there now to guide us. So, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Get me away from these kind of things. So it's also uh, worth observing in this story that we just read when Paul, well, when God finally gives Paul direction it was through a vision and that doesn't mean every time you get a word it's going to come in a vision as we seek after what the Lord would have for us to do we must be open to how God chooses to speak sometimes you'll ask him to speak one way but he may speak another you've got to be open to let him speak the way he wants to speak because he knows whether or not you can handle a vision he knows whether or not you can handle a dream. He knows whether or not you can handle an angel popping in your room. Some of you, you'd just be going to be with the Lord if that happened. He could just tell you in person what he was trying to say, but now he's got to get somebody else because you died when that angel showed up. 
Your heart couldn't take it. But Paul got direction through many different ways. Uh, in Acts 13, he got answers through prayer and fasting. Oh, that's the way that nobody wants to get answers. Because nobody Praying and fasting is to the hardest things for any uh, believer to do. Because yeah. it takes their personal time and their personal effort. An angel showing up, God's got to send it. A vision showing up, God's got to send it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those kind of things, a dream, God sends it. But praying and fasting, that's all on us. And guess what? God requires that of us. Yeah. When you pray, when you fast, Jesus said it uh, in two separate places. When you pray, pray like this. When you fast, so he expects praying and fasting because it helps in communication with him. But also, uh, Paul did get visions, Acts 16 and 18. He got visions, and then uh, he got words from other people, uh, and as in Acts 21. And sometimes we will get a word from somebody in a service, but uh, sometimes God will just speak directly to you. Sometimes you may, you may hear an audible voice. Sometimes it will be just a voice in your heart, in your spirit. You'll know it's the Lord. It will be a, a nudge, a, a push from the Holy Ghost. But you'll know that it's God if you are praying and building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, to be sensitive to what God's trying to say. So when we wait for God to speak to us, we must be careful not to prematurely limit how God can speak to us. It be that somebody that you don't expect just shows up out of the blue and says, hey, the Lord want me to tell you this. And you think, I don't know you. I don't believe that. But what if it's the Lord? You never know. Or maybe it's somebody you don't particularly like. I ain't listening to nothing you got to say. You know, uh, but it might be the Lord because he's trying to kill two birds with one stone. He's trying to get you, get you right in your spirit and get you to hear what he's trying to say. Uh, you try the spirits. Everybody that comes up saying, thus saith the Lord, it ain't the Lord. That's why it's so important to listen to the spirit of God and be sensitive to that because the Holy Ghost will tell you, He's lying. They're lying. Or they don't know what they're talking about. Don't listen to that. And so be sensitive and listen. These are, these are the daily things. See, most Christian people live for Sunday. Sunday's it. If I don't get what I need on Sunday, the rest of the week I just do what I want to do and I come back and try to get on Sunday. But we're supposed to live for God seven days a week, right. 24 hours a day, yes. rest of our lives. Every second of our life, Him. It's for Him. We live for Him. And it was so wonderful. He lets us enjoy life. It's not just like we're under a, a thumb where we, we, He lets us do things we want to do. He lets us enjoy this beautiful planet He made for us. We, we get to, you know, it's not like we're miserable, sad people. We get the best of everything living for God. But you do it seven days a week, yeah. not just one day a week. So it's very frustrating sometimes when God doesn't seem to be working on our behalf. Because I can't see anything happening. But it can be even more trying when God tells us no. I really want to do this. No. I really want to go there. No. But God, let no. You're not going to wiggle your way out of it. I said no. And when God says no, he means no sometimes. But I really like that person. I said no. Oh, that's the big one. That's the big one. Oh, but they're so handsome. They're so pretty. I said no. But they, you know, they, they're, they're, they're an evangelist. They're a missionary. They're a pastor. But I said no. 
But they're everything I've dreamed of. No. It was a nightmare. I'm waking you up. So it's not a fun topic. People don't like to hear no. Mature believers, though, people that are mature, and there are, when we get the Holy Ghost, we all get the same Holy Ghost. But the Bible says there are babes in Christ, and there are those that are ready for strong meat. They're mature. Now, that doesn't mean one's better than the other, because just like we've got little babies in this, uh, in this congregation, uh, there's one over there. As a baby, she is, is as perfect as she can be. Now, we've got some adults in here, and they're just as perfect as an adult as they can be. They're just at different stages. But we want our babies to grow to be perfect adults as we want our born-again believing babes in Christ to grow to be spiritually mature adults in Christ. You can't always be a little lamb. You got to come on and be a, a full-grown sheep. You got to quit being Mary's little lamb. You got to be the sheep. Don't be the black sheep of the family. But you got to grow. And so when a mature believer understands that when God says no, they must be obedient. Because to go against that, will lead you to a bad place. It'll lead you to destruction. It'll give, it'll give you a hard life. Paul was told no to the province of Asia and Bithynia. It did not, uh, or and he did not attempt to minister in those places. Although his intentions were good, they did not fit within God's plan. There's an old saying that the road to a very hot place is paved <laughs> with good intentions. And... It doesn't matter if your intentions were good, if God was saying that ain't the right plan. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, you know, uh, to go out and, and reach lost people is great, but you've got to have the right plan. Yeah. And that's why you need to pray. Use your noggin. Think. God gave you a mind, he gave you common sense. Use that. Yes. And so, although his intentions were good, they didn't fit within God's plan. And for reasons that remained a mystery, God didn't even tell him why. He just said, no, you're forbidden to go. Why? He didn't even, didn't even say Paul asked why. That's, that's getting to the good, mature, I didn't even ask why. If God says no, I don't even know why. Just, I won't go. And so he closed the door to evangelism in those areas, and that was it. He didn't say, this is why, here's what's going to happen. Maybe you're going to get killed when you go there. He nothing. He just said, no, you're not going. So what Paul and his companions demonstrate for us in this is the principle that good intentions do not trump obedience. I've said it before. There's never, ever, ever a right reason to disobey God. I don't care how good you think you're doing. You're never doing good if you go against God's word. If you go against the principles of God's word, I don't care how good it might make you feel. I don't even care if it helps somebody. If God said yeah. no, it'll end up not being a help. Yeah. We've got to be able to uh, listen and obey what God said to do. Uh, King Saul in the Old Testament had a problem with this. He could not obey what God asked him to do. And one time particularly in 1 Samuel 13, uh, he was waiting for Samuel 
and had an appointed time to wait for him so he could offer the sacrifice. But he got impatient and he went ahead and offered a burnt offering and a sacrifice. And immediately it says, Samuel shows up and says, what have you done? Well, I don't know when he was going to get here. You weren't here, so I went ahead and offered up. And he said, you know, if you had awaited, God would have established your kingdom. But now God's taking that kingdom away and giving it to a man after his own heart. Uh, he, his impatience caused him to lose the kingdom because that was not what God told him to do. You need to wait until Samuel gets there. I, I don't like waiting. Nobody likes waiting. I don't like waiting. Seems like this week we have waited in lines, bank lines, fast food lines, lines everywhere. Drives me insane. But uh, we have to be obedient when the answer is no. Tell yourself, I got to obey if the answer is no. If there's any question as to what God intended in Acts, uh, the verse uh, or 16 and 6 makes it clear that Paul and his friends were forbidden by the Holy Ghost from going to Asia. It wasn't just a no, that's a bad idea. It was a no, you absolutely will not do that. And that's what people have a problem with. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. God gets to tell you what to do. And sometimes we just need to listen to his word. That's why it's so important. I've said this in these lessons that his word is not just printed paper. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. That means the word of God will lead you. It will give you direction. One, one song, the psalmist wrote one place, order my steps. You know, My steps are ordered in your word and your word is a light on my path, a lamp under my feet. So uh, it's always there. I've heard your word in my heart so I won't sin against you so I can have a daily walk. God's word is his voice. And if his word says then, or that we shouldn't do it, he shouldn't have to repeat himself. Oh, I'm praying, should I do this? Lord, should I do this? And I hear anything, I hear anything. I guess it's all right to do it. But his word already says, no, you shouldn't do it. God shouldn't have to repeat that word. As believers, we should have this word in us, hid in our heart. There's a lot of things that people say, well, I didn't hear anything. You know, my intentions for this are good, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. Even though I know the Bible says I probably shouldn't do this, but my intentions are good, and that trumps what God's word says. Wow. Mm. 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 That's like just putting duct tape over the mouth of the spirit so he can't say anything to you. Never, ever, 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 ever a reason good enough and never will be a reason good enough to go against God's word. His mercy is great. His grace is amazing. But let me tell you, God, he ain't pleased with folks going against his word. That's, that's frustrating to the grace of God. So when God doesn't answer the way we want, what do we do? We remain obedient. Yes. This is day-to-day living, folks. This is it. Because too many, again, too many Christians, too many born-again apostolic believers are living from Sunday to Sunday and forgetting about the time in between. And, and living for God has got to be more than just the display we put on on Sunday. It's got to be spirit-led on Sunday, absolutely. But it better be spirit-led Monday through Saturday as well. 
We need the Spirit of God in our life. Don't be bragging to anybody because people love the apostolic churches. I love them. I love apostolic church, greatest church in the, ever. But don't be bragging about how much you love apostolic church when you don't act apostolic through the week. Well, I love going over there because that music board, they jumping and dancing, people's going on. I love apostolic church. You couldn't no more tell you went to church during the week. Mm -mm. Don't do it. Don't be that person. Be apostolic. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Be, be, be born again every single day of the week. Be that person. Be the person that no matter what anybody else thinks, I'm proud of the way I walk. I'm proud of the way I talk. I'm proud of the way I look. I'm proud of the God I serve. I'm proud of what I believe. I'm proud I was baptized in Jesus' name. I'm proud I was filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. I am proud of what God has done in my life. Every day of the week, I'm proud on the job. I'm proud at school. I'm proud on vacation. Mm. Mm. Now I'm getting ready to preach. The good news, and there's always good news with God, is that even this story, this was not the end of the story. Sometimes when God says no, if you stick around long enough, but see, a lot of people run when he says no. But if we stick around, we later learn that no was really just not yet. Because if you keep reading Acts, you find out Paul did go to Ephesus. He did it up there. It just wasn't time. And so in Acts 16, Paul and company wanted to minister in Asia, but the Spirit forbid them. And after working their way through Greece, Paul began the journey east toward home in Antioch. He briefly stops in Ephesus. But he knew he could not linger there. Perhaps two or three years later, Paul finally has the opportunity to return to Ephesus. And this time he stayed for about three years. In fact, his ministry in Ephesus was the lengthiest part of his missionary endeavors. And it was from Ephesus that the whole province of Asia was finally able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it, it might have been a no for then, but it was really a, a not yet. Just hang around, Paul, you find out. And I, if you've been around... God long enough, you'll know that oftentimes that no is just a not yet. Sometimes it's just a straight up no, mm -mm, ain't happening. But sometimes it's just not yet. I had that happen several times to us as we were ministering and evangelizing. So many people were pulling at us to start a church in different places, and and uh, there would be buildings open. People say, "I know there's a building over here, a building there," and this where we even came up here, and. Uh, and so I would be getting anxious, and I would be thinking, I know we need to do something, and I would be praying about it. And every time, right before I was just ready to step off the ledge, we'd be in a service somewhere, and somebody would come up and say, the Lord said for you to be patient. And one time in particular, I remember Brother Abernathy, he said, the Lord said to tell you, your time is not yet, but it is soon. And that was uh, the last time I heard those words before we came here. And so, uh, but I was ready to jump. You know, people say, oh, there's a little thing. You need to open it. You need to start a church, start a church, do this, start a church. And I was like, okay, okay, let's start a church. Let's start a church. And the Lord was like, not yet. Just be patient. And I just, that feeling would leave. I'd pull off of it. And it worked out for the best. It was a not yet. And I'm so glad I waited for the not yet. Because if I had went ahead, maybe I'd never made it here. And maybe nobody would have ever made it here. Yeah. And God would have said, guess what? There's a whole bunch of folks never heard this truth because you didn't wait. 
Sometimes it's that extreme. And so I don't, I'm glad I listened to the Lord. So as we learn to live by the Spirit's leading, we can observe from another lesson uh, of these few normal days that sometimes seeking direction means stopping and waiting. Oh, I hate to wait until God gives the next step. After being told no twice, Paul and his traveling group walked into or waited in Troas. By waiting for the Spirit to direct them, these men put themselves in a position to receive direction because they were waiting. They were in a place where they could hear from God and receive direction. If they had not waited, maybe Paul would have never had that dream, never heard from that man in the Spirit from Macedonia. And it was in this port town that God finally told them where to head next. It would be tempting to read this and think that Paul arrived in Troas, waited one night, and God said, let's go. But we don't know how long he waited. And even if we don't know how long he waited, we do know that they had to walk over 150 miles to get to Troas. So it was a long journey between being told no, because this takes a while to walk 150 miles. They're not walking on pavement, a cut road. They're walking through the desert and the wilderness and everywhere else. So... Uh, they're traveling with a group. And you know how it is traveling with a group. You can't never get nowhere fast. So, <laughs> so uh, remember the journey to Troas. Uh, sometimes God puts us on a journey. And in that uh, journey, we're headed to a place where we can hear from God what we need to do. So the last place uh, I want to be is out of God's will. I want to be in his will. Yeah. So I want to make sure I'm listening for the voice of God. So Paul did quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of waiting. No one likes to wait. We live in a society that wants instant gratification, and often the advertising promotes how fast a personal service can be. That's how they get you. We're faster. Our internet's faster. I'm going with them. It's faster because ain't nothing worse than watching that little circle. <laughs> so we're you know so we're, we're we don't want to wait. I can get my food. You ever had a restaurant that you have eat at? Maybe one or two times. You, you went one time, then you tried again. You said, best food I ever eat. Serves so slow, I'll never go there again. It's just, food's fantastic. How's the food there? Great. But you'll be there three hours. I don't want to go sit three hours. I want to get my food. I want to eat. I don't want to sit an hour. I don't want to order, wait an hour before my food gets there. I went and drove home and made a sandwich. I don't want to wait. So, that's, but that's what happens. And sometimes, that's the way folks do with God. Best God ever. Man, loves us so much. When I pray, he's slow on answering. And so I'm going to run off. I can't wait. Sorry, I'm in a hurry, God. I got to go. And so a lot of times we bypass a good sit-down meal because of the time, and we get a crystal or a corn pup, and then we got indigestion. <laughs> Should have just went and ate the good food. Fortunately for us, a period of waiting can be productive. While we wait for God's direction, we must stay ready and active because waiting is not the same thing as stagnating. Waiting is not the same thing as stagnating. When we enter into a season of waiting, stay busy. Continue to do the last thing you know God told you to do. Keep on because it... Just because something else is looming doesn't mean it's time for this to stop. You work up to the point of stopping. When you change jobs, you may be working here. Well, I'm changing jobs. Now, I've seen people do this. I'm work On their two-week notice, you, can't, you ain't going to get two minutes of work out of them. 
I'm just going to ride these hours out. What's it going to do, fire me? Ah! <laughs> oh, you work all the way up. You work those hours. You give it honest work. You do it. You're getting paid for it. Do that work. And then you're going to start this next job. You'll, you'll go in and throw your feet on the desk and go to sleep. Say, I'll wake me up in two weeks. You work. And when God says, tells you, speaks into your life, I've got a ministry for you. I, you know, and, and somebody gives you a word, I see you doing this, doing that. I had a guy tell me, so I see you speaking over the airways from place to place and things like that. And so, but you know what I did until that happened? I just kept, I was at the church there. I kept leading services, helping with the youth, cleaning the church, doing what I just kept busy doing until it was time. I knew there was a pastor place coming at some point in my life, but until then, I'm going to keep working, keep on doing. So don't become stagnant. Keep working, doing what God told you to do. Stay plugged into your local church. Yeah. Volunteer to help out whatever you can do. Yeah. Uh, the walk from Persia to Troas was a long way, but at least Paul and his friends were moving. They did not know uh, where, but they knew that they were headed towards something. And while these men were in Troas, however long that was, another positive event occurred that you don't probably really catch it when you're reading. But Acts 16 and 10 has one little word that changes the perspective of the story, and that's we. The writer now of Acts becomes involved in the story. Up until that point, it's, it's being told, but now all of a sudden, and most people agree that it was probably uh, Luke that wrote the book of Acts, so maybe in Troas is where Paul and Luke finally got, con got hooked up together. Maybe this is where Paul met his friend Luke. And Luke now, as you read from that point on, you'll read him saying, and we went here and we went there. He was with Paul on the ship when it was shipwrecked. He was with Paul in all these places. This is where uh, the, the author of Acts becomes engaged in the story. He's not just telling it. He's letting us know, I was there. And so sometimes... Uh, that God is waiting and setting up divine appointments for you if you'll just listen to the Spirit and you'll wait. The final observation that we'll make about this story is that when we do receive divine direction, we should be ready to act quickly. Yes. Ready to act quickly. You know, when we read about Daniel, we think, oh, he's the man, God gave him the power to interpret dreams and the gift to interpret dreams and things like that and see visions, all this stuff. But... He wasn't just always sitting around looking at visions. He had a day-to-day -day activity. You might know what one thing he did every day. He prayed three times a day. It's because when they passed the, the law to try to trap him, said you can't make petitions to anybody but the king, they didn't have to look hard to find where he was at. They went right to his room and saw him. said three times a day. He said because it said Daniel continued to pray three times a day as he had done before. This was his daily routine. That's why when the king said, Whoa, I had a dream. I don't know what it means. Get Daniel. Daniel was ready because he had been praying. He had been doing his daily routine. He, had, he was ready to act quickly. He didn't have to say, let me think about it. He, get, he would get there and he'd tell the dream. He'd say, here's what it means. Because he was in tune with the spirit. He was ready to act quickly. And so immediately Paul, after having a vision of a man in Macedonia, they make preparations to head west. No delay, no excuse, no last-minute side excursions, just direct course from Troas to Macedonia. So if we are going to live a life led by the Spirit, we must be willing to hear no. We must also be willing to hear wait. We must also recognize that wait is a temporary command 
and the call to action may come at any time. You see them pitchers in the bullpen at a baseball game? Maybe the pitcher's going to pitch nine innings, a shutout, but maybe he's going to go two innings. You know what they're back there doing? Warming up because they might give me the call. I might get the Verizon call to the dugout or whatever it is, the sprint call or whatever they call it. And they guess, oh, I'm not warmed up. Well, what was you doing, just sitting here watching the game? Man, I'm paying you all this money to just sit. You better start throwing that baseball. Get ready. Be ready. We're calling. We need you now. Base is loaded. I need you to get them out. Sometimes God's going to call you and say, hey, oh, 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 give me a second, Lord. You better be instant. Be instant. So uh, be ready. When the Spirit speaks, we must listen, act, and not delay. If you're in a time of waiting on the Spirit, stay productive and use this space to get ready to move. Your next direction might arrive sooner than you think. And this is what a day in the life of a Spirit-led believer looks like. And I had a story to go with this, but I've run out of time, so we're going to finish up here, darling, if you'll come and play for a second. Let's stand together and pray. as we get ready to dismiss the Sunday school, let's close our eyes, lift our hands, and just pray together this prayer right here. Lord, I pray today that you would direct and order our steps every day. Lord, I want you to be here to, to speak to me, and I want to be willing to wait on you. I want to be willing to wait on your timing. Lord, I want you to be involved in both the big decisions and the small decisions. I want to process an obedient heart. I choose to trust you as you perform your perfect will in my life. In Jesus' name.